This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for this 32nd episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Don Sweeney edition. If you're enjoying the show, please let us know what you think by commenting and rating us on iTunes. Uh, now time to welcome co-host Rob Tomlin to the show. Rob, what's up, bud? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I am, I am in a great mood. And this is what happens when you get five games in seven days. That's a lot of hockey yeah. for this Boston Bruins team. Oh, yeah. And a, and a ton of effort. Like, that is the most effort we've seen out of these guys for probably a year. I would agree. Since the beginning of last year, so I mean, and it, it, we're having a better start to this season than we did last season. So that that is all. All the signs are pointing good. Yeah, I mean, it it's been it's been a crazy week. Uh, I know it started off on a low. Uh, a lot of fans annoyed that McIntyre was getting the start against uh, the Habs, but what are you gonna do? I mean, I, I was trying to explain this on Twitter as well. Would would you rather have Tukaras go out injured against the Habs, maybe miss another week of games, and have the same situation you had before where you have two AHL goalies playing? Or do you give the young guy a chance against your biggest rival, which is probably going to spark something up, and let Tukaras play the rest of the week? So I think they made the right decision. I I have to agree. I definitely have to agree with that. Um, yeah, and I, I I saw a lot of a lot of people were just uh, they were really all all over Tuka's ass about that, and you know, um, so many people were just going, you know, why doesn't he man up for these games? And 
Yeah. You know, it's a, it's it's really not his decision. Yeah. I, I, I know the guy wants to play all the time, and he wants to take oh, yeah. a hold of it. But, you know, when it comes down to management and coaching, it's their call. Yeah, yeah. So if and, you want to get angry and, at anybody, give you know call uh, call the TD Garden. Yeah, I I also don't get the whole argument about this this whole. He's got a seven million dollar price tag, and he can't play a back to back. What does that have to do with anything? Right. Does Carey Price makes good money, and he doesn't play back to backs. Right. I mean. Uh, there's been this comparison of Ras versus Price all like for the past few years really um, it's always going to be down to Ras versus Price when it comes to Bruins versus Habs but I mean if you look at the team the two totally different teams we don't have a guy like Shea Weber on our blue line we've got a lot of young guys and Tuka Rask is putting up amazing numbers for the defensive core that he has in front of him so I'm just going to go out there and say that at this moment in time, I'd rather take Rask over Price. It's a so, bold, bold statement. It is. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we've still got a lot of time to go in the season. But uh, oh, just yeah. just to um, recap last week, and I, I just want to take a quick moment, and because um, uh, we only do this podcast once a week, and we, we kind of miss some some important dates. And this one particularly is important to me. But uh, on Friday was Veterans Day for in, here in the United States. Yeah. And uh, I just want to take a moment to thank every and each and one of you that might be listening um, that have served or continue to serve or even have family members that have served. Um, thank you very much, and um, I appreciate my freedom. And uh, also uh, to a soldier that I personally know, and it happens to be his birthday today, uh, Dale Lind, happy birthday, brother. Uh, hope you're doing well and continue to do well. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got we've got the same over here. It's been Remembrance Weekend for us. Yeah, the Canadians, is, the Canadians yeah. do the same thing too. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah, I appreciate everything anyone in the army has ever done. I understand how difficult it is, and well, I don't understand firsthand, but. I know it must be, it must really suck. So, I appreciate everything everyone does to give us the life that we have. Absolutely, well said, well said. But um, uh, with that being said, going back on last week, uh, the the Buffalo game was, uh, I be- I believe, was a good game. Montreal yeah. game was, that was a good game. The result sucked, and yeah. and to and to to. They let go of that, um, the tie, with a minute to yeah. go. That was kind of rough. Uh, really can't put a lot of blame on McIntyre on that one. I thought he played well. Yeah. And, but, you know, it's 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 just one of those things that he just got fed to the wolves on a situation that he couldn't handle. I mean, he couldn't do anything about. Because I I still don't believe at that particular moment that. Uh, Tuca was a hundred percent. No, so I really don't think he was. But and he he kind of it kind of went the same as I said it was going to. And if if you don't stay out of the box, bad things are going to happen against uh, teams like Montreal. Yep. And it it happened. Shea Weber from the point on the power play. That that's what you're going to get. 
You used to have it with PK Subban, now you got to watch out for Shea Weber. Agreed. And uh, Thursday night was a, uh, a big win and a 5-2 victory at home, which was good. Yeah. Uh, over Columbus. Saturday's game was a little disappointing. Even I, You can't be disappointed by two points, but that game yeah. could have gone the totally opposite Oh yeah. I mean, they they were really bringing it on. I they were putting a lot of pressure on, but I thought that the the defense in that game really um, stood tall. Yeah. Because yeah. it it really looked like Rask didn't really make a you know a lot of you know pressure saves that are gonna wear them out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, letting up that goal with seven minutes to go. Uh, nerves got tight with me. Like I, I was scared. I've seen us collapse on like two goal leads before in the last ten minutes, and I was just, I was sat there saying, "This goes one of two ways: they either shut them down, or this goes terrible." And it looked like it was going to go terrible, but then they kept it going. And I mean, I, I really appreciate Chara in that game because he did a really good job shutting them down in the last few minutes so I'll we'll, we'll definitely touch on the defense in a little while yeah um, and then you know going back to another I mean two back to backs in seven days that's 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 quite a task yeah but it just it just showed that these guys were, were up for it and ready to play because they went into uh, Colorado last night and pulled out a two to nothing victory on you know another road win and um, Tuka is now seven and zero on the road, and he got yeah. first NHL first star honors for last week with yeah. a perfect week at four and zero, a ninety seven percent save percentage, um, and the goals a, goals against was like was it under one? I think it was like zero point nine something. Yeah, I yeah, think. crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, that game against the Avalanche, we we kept them to 20 shots all game, I think it was. Yep. And we had 42. Yep. So, I mean, that was a good defensive effort all round. Oh, like, yeah. That that wasn't just Rask stonewalling everyone. That was a great defensive effort all round. And you need that on a back-to-back. I mean, when guys are tired, you need 100% out of them. They really gave it in Colorado. But they knew they were going to get the break until Thursday. So you, you're you going to get banged up, but you've got four days rest. So give it your all. Yeah, and like, like you said, uh, the, the upcoming games, there's only two this week, uh, which is good after after a stretch of games like that. Um, they got Minnesota at 8 o'clock on Thursday night, and then they got at home, that's on the road. And then they're home against uh, Winnipeg on Saturday night at 7 p.m. So yeah. get your rest because you're going to need it because uh, the next series of games after this this week is is going to be uh, it's going to be five yeah five and six six nights so yeah not good yeah but I mean you got to look at the standings now. You know, with the yeah. way they are, I mean, now they're they're second place in the Atlantic Division, seven points behind Montreal. This is a yeah. this was a total different team than 
we talked last time because the last time we spoke last Sunday, um, last Monday, this team wasn't even close to being where they are right now. They were at five and six, oh, six yeah. and seven in the division, and the conference was looking at the you know at the bottom end of it. But what a transformation! That, that's a good. It's the good thing about the start of the season. I mean, everyone's so close together at the beginning. Anything can happen, and it just goes to show with four quick wins, you near the top of the table. Yeah. So, I and mean, what, another stat that surprised me was the yeah. last time we talked, the Bruins were at minus six dif- goal differential, yeah. and n- now they're at a plus three. Yeah. And so and that just shows how tight the defense is getting. Yeah. And it, it's a good job. Like I've said, it's a good job all round. It's forwards and defense. It's not just the defense trying to play on their own or the forwards having to track back. It's good all-round game. So yep. it's starting to show, like like I've been saying, you don't need to trade for that top defenseman all the time. Sometimes things fall into place, and guys like Carlo, who weren't really expected to do anything at the end of the next season, I mean, he stepped up, played first-line minutes. So it's, it's all going to plan. We might as well just jump right into it. Uh, uh, I, I've been, I gotta say, I've been quite impressed with this defensive core, and yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna just pick two or three that are standing out. They're all putting in a decent effort. Yeah, all trying all seven. to. Yeah, they're all trying to do. You, know, you, you could have, you can make an argument for Colin Miller and his, and his slump. And that awful game, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just that stuff happens. It's it's growing pains, work in progress. He's a kid, so. But I gotta tell you, I'm I I was pissing all over Chara all summer about how much he lost an edge because of yeah. his age, and then you bring in. Brandon Carlo, a rookie that I expected to be in the AHL this year. Yeah, I'm and just, not even a top pair in defenseman in the AHL. Right, and now it's like, oh my god, Char is now playing a lot better, and this kid is in the NHL proving me wrong, and it's yeah. it's exciting. It's good to see Chara back up on a shutdown role, and it, it, it's like he's complimenting Carlo and Carlos, you know what I mean? It's it's gelling very well, and yeah, and they're putting up good minutes. I mean, it, you definitely. Uh, when I was looking at stats uh, last night, you could definitely see that Chara is 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 his trending is going down a little bit, but Carlos' minutes are going up. Yeah, and and I can continue- he's playing all situations. Right. Well, I don't think he's had time on the power play yet. Uh, he might have done. I can't remember, but I don't really pay attention to. It, it's usually Krejci and Krug out on the blue line for the power play. But I mean, he he's looking better the more minutes you feed him, and he's looking stronger. I mean, there was that little blip. I think uh, was it in the Arizona game where he kind of he fumbled on his feet, fell, took Chara out and kind of gave a clear breakaway. But I mean, that's that's rookie mistakes. Yes. Like, that that even happens to some of the veterans. Like they lose a foot in when they're the turn round and it just gets from under them. But I mean, you're gonna expect these things through the season. Like 
he's playing good now, but as soon as he makes a mistake, don't jump on him and say, oh, well, I knew this was going to happen. Or if he has one bad game, oh, I knew I knew he was a, like going to be a bust. Right. He's going to trend up and down all season. He's not going to be just a constant flow of being good. It, it never happens. No player ever just has a constant flow of being at the peak of everything. So just expect games where he's not as good as he has been. Expect games where he's better than he has been. I, I'm really excited about him, but another yeah, guy, another guy I've got to mention, and there was the game Morrow played. Yeah. If he, them one-timers. Yeah. Who knew he had that type of shot in him? Because that, that, that's that what first happens. one, that first one, I thought he was going to take out the glass when it went wide. That was a bomb. And to be honest, I thought it was Chara at first, but <laughs> that guy's got a cannon on him. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but it it's good to see like everyone getting a bit of playing time, and they've got that solid seven for now until Kevin Miller comes back. And it it is it is good to see it flow like that, and we're winning games at the same time. It's not like last year when we'd lose two in a row and they put this other guy in just to try and mix it up, and then it got changed again. It's evening out, and everyone's getting a bit of rest, and everyone's getting a bit of. Like the minutes are fluctuating up and down, so it, it's just good to see fans being happy with the defensive core because I don't think a lot of people have been for the past three or four years. So. No, I, I certainly haven't for the last two. And then going into this season, I was very skeptic of, of how they were going to look because of the fact is that there wasn't any moves that were made. But yeah. I gotta tell you, without with, with you know with no moves being made over the summer, the internal moves, the adjustments yeah. that you did within the organization have have proven to work and have proven to prove me wrong. So, All right. you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. You know, I, I'm loving it. I, I just, it, it's, it's a, after a week like that, I mean, I, when the last time we talked, I'm like, geez, five games and seven nights. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I'm happy with the result. You know, you yeah, go four uh, and one. Yeah. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough week for Bruins fans with it only being two games straight after a like five game week. It, it's going to be a tough week. There's, time off and then you've got time between games but we're straight back into a busy schedule the week after so and it's a I holiday think, oh yeah so it, it's good for the players to get a bit of rest though but I mean one thing I want to talk about and I know this is going to segue for you because we're talking about the NHL right now that second and third line over this week have been the best yeah, like, the, the emergence of David Krejci has been huge oh yeah. for this team. Huge. And, I mean, him and Bacchus are gelling a lot better. Like, you can see him kind of looking up and realizing that he's going to be going to the net and he's going to be going hard. So Yeah, there's a lot I of mean, good chemistry. Yeah, Spooner is, seems to be going to the net a lot more as well. Yep. And he's, uh, he's, wor- he's working his way off the half wall as well on the power play, which I like. He's not just being that quarterback on the half wall he's kind of coming out a bit ready to shoot when the puck's on the opposite side so mm-hmm. that's good to see but 
that whole line's putting up points and the the four checking's really good from that uh, David Krejci line. I really like them. But I, the third line, who guessed Matt Bolesky would yeah. have a couple of goals. Yep. It's good to I see mean, these guys. It's good to see these guys starting to get their their point production going. It's that you know Jimmy yeah. Hayes. Jimmy Hayes scored a goal. I know. In five on five. And it actually what? counted. Yeah, and it was in total utter like that is the only way he was gonna get a goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he shot it in the net. It went in the net. No one paid attention because it was Jimmy. I bet the ref saw Jimmy Hayes' name on no. the back and just went, nah, no. no way that went in. <laughs> and then two minutes later, Toronto were like, yeah, yeah, that went in. Oh, that was, I, I was shouting at my TV when that went in. I was screaming because I wanted him to get that goal. And I said, I'm sure that went in. I didn't hear no post, nothing. That, that had to have gone in. And then I heard the siren go, oh, yes. Thank God. <laughs> I mean that this is the start of it like I was saying as soon as points go in you start to get that bit of excitement about and I mean that Riley Nash to uh, Austin Zarnick goal yep. was nice yep. like, two on one and he just gives it a quick look up plays a pass across great goal by Zarnick I mean it's all gelling so yep. we we just got to keep going now and hope just I hope and pray to God there's no more big slumps like there has been. Another another exciting player that that is has to be honorably mentioned is 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 the 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 play of David Pasternak. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm I'm am looking at the stats right now and he is third in goals. Yeah. And because I didn't, I was a lazy bum yesterday, and I didn't do much homework. I'm looking at my computer now. I think he had. He, he's got ten goals, four assists, fourteen points, and he's right behind Patrick Lyonet, who was first with eleven goals, and yeah. Sidney Crosby with ten. So there's actually a there's actually a four way tie. For, and he had a, he, he's got nine goals in nine away games. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that's huge. That's crazy. I mean, that that one timer with the feed from Marsh and in traffic. Yeah. Wow. I know. It, the guy was like 2 feet in front of him and he still got a bomb off. Oh yeah. How many times have I said though that guy needs to shoot more and stop looking for the pass? And that's exactly that... where he needs to be, right yeah. at the hash marks and just let it let it go. Yeah. And it, it did you hear Jack Edwards say uh David Pasternak right in the bossy area? And I was like, "Oh no, the Mike Bossy area." <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna have the tiniest Mike Bossy ever just smashing pucks home. I mean, he he's looking to the net now, and he's got to be he's got to be that scorer on that that line because you know Marshan and Bergeron are gonna go in on the forecheck and they're gonna go in hard. And we've seen it all season long. Marshan's basically stuck behind the net at the moment because he's digging pucks out. So we got to rely on someone else to put up like goals this season, not just Marsha. So yeah. well, it's good it's to good. see it. Yeah, and now that he's not on that line with Krejci, there's it's not as much. I'll pass to you. You pass back to me. Oh no, you you have the puck back. Oh no, you have the puck back. And it was kind of that little. I think it was more. It's David Pasternak's favorite player. Right. So you you're gonna try and set him up for a goal or two, aren't you? 
but now that he's on that Bergeron line, as soon as he gets the puck, his head's up and he's looking at the net. So, I, I like it. And to all those people who ever said, no right winger's ever going to flourish on that first line. There you go. Mm-hmm. Flourishing. And he's on an entry-level contract. Not for long. But... Not for long. I mean, he's going to be... He's if. I hope Is it does. the end of this season or yeah, next? Yeah, it's the end of the season. It's because oh. he burnt. It, it's because he um, burnt one he, year. Yeah. yeah, he burnt one year. So, um, I mean, I I hope to God we don't have the the whole fan thing again. Where oh, this guy scored thirty goals on a contract year, and now he's going to only score twelve next year. Right. Uh, that that is my worry that he's going to want a lot of money, but I don't think he will. He he loves this team. Oh, like I, you see, you I, I believe he does him. too. I just don't yeah. want to see him do the the Jacob Truba, the Oh no. He, you know he's not that type of guy. Don't hold I, out for big bucks. Yeah. I'm not I'm gonna, just I think he'll I think they'll bridge deal him. I really do. I think they'll they'll say to him That's the smart get, thing to do. Yeah. You'll get more money when Chara goes. Yeah. That's that's what every player should be thinking. Once Chara's seven million's gone and that defence is looking a lot slimmer in salary cap. I mean, it goes down to four million next next season anyway. Right, but the but, AAV is still six point nine. Yeah, but still, like you're gonna, as soon as it goes past his, that year, even if they do re-sign him, it's not going to be six million. No. So I mean, you're getting a lot of money back. And, so and t- and just just to uh, jump on that, I mean, if if Chara has a a great year this year, which which he looks like he's he's pretty much on track to not yeah. not 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 great like he was like maybe 6 years ago oh no but good but, for and then age. and then he has yeah and then he has a good year next year would you be upset if they resigned him even if he took no. a if he took a friendly a friendly um cut not at all all right i i i would if if he took like say a one year deal for less than 5 million to groom Carlo a little bit more. Yeah, and if those guys are going to play together for the next two years, right? If if Chara wants to play, you let him play. Like right. those guys need to stay together as long as they can. All right, now I got a question for you. Yeah. If that scenario does happen and they bring him back for another year, would do you think he'd demand a captaincy again, or is it time to give it no. up? No, no, I think he'd give it up. Okay. I I, I think he realizes that his his times coming to an end as the captain I, I to be honest I wouldn't even be that surprised if it goes next year right like it you're eating away at Patrice Bergeron's captaincy I by know, keeping it just about to say that and he, he's going to be older and he's still going to be the same guy like he's going to be captain consistency constantly I don't care if he's not the captain he's still captain consistency that guy that guy is the if it goes to anyone else, I think all the Bruins fans need to riot outside the garden because I can't see it going to anyone else. So, I mean, it'll be a happy day when that sees on his chest. So, <laughs> I will be very happy. So, speaking of defense, right? Yeah. Uh, do you ride Joe Morrow a little longer? See yeah. how we see how he goes. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't players. hurt. It, could, it honestly couldn't hurt to have uh, Colin Miller's, you know, watch a little bit. 
too. You know, yeah, get, scratch get... him a few games. Don't send him down. No, don't. I mean, no, because he's, yeah. he's he's wavered. Yeah, he's on an NHL and contract, so yeah. and I don't believe it's two up. way. No, it's one way. It's one okay. million. Right. So it's above the salary. And yeah. I'm not. I'm I not. Mean... I'm not going to crap on Colin Miller because he makes a mistake here and there. You know, I'm yeah. going to crap on a guy like Adam McQuaid. I mean, he actually had one good game last week. Yeah, I, I see your milk. I see your milk carton on Facebook. Did you? He was missing for the longest time. I want to make yeah. sure he was found. I mean, Tory Krug appeared. So I know. I mean, we got to find Adam McQuaid now. I know. But, I, I'm so I'm so upset. I lost a, I lost a Facebook friend because of my uh, Tory Krug thing. I I said that he was a little overpaid and he's not playing the way he was. That's my opinion. And yeah, but of, of course everyone. Everyone is always entitled to their opinion. I know, and it's awful. It's like when you when you say what you want to say, and they don't like what they're hearing, and it's like you can't come to a compromise. And so goodbye. Yeah. You know? I always say, I always say, when someone has an argument with me about something, even even if it's not hockey, I say, explain your side. Tell me how you feel, like what you're thinking right now. And most of the time, someone will go, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> they can't. They can't put it across in normal words. They have to just swear and shout at you. Right. So that's that's when I just turn around and go, right, you have your opinion, I have mine. Yep. That's that's how the world works. Exactly. Be an adult about it. Freedom of speech. Keep that's scrolling if you don't like what is typed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't get why everyone's life revolves around the Facebook post anyway. <laughs> if I see something on Facebook, I turn Facebook off. <laughs> Look at look outside your window. There are things out there. Right. Yeah, that's the best way of doing it. Oh boy. So where do we go now? We go to the AHL. The AHL. Oh yeah. Well, last week in the AHL with the Providence Bruins, um, Malcolm Subban got the start. And excuse me, because I like I said I haven't done my notes, so I'm going through the interweb. It's all good, buddy. I know. And we we've done this quite early today, where you've just got out of work. So yeah, I'm I know. Pretty sure everyone can appreciate how but, difficult this is. But the uh, the Providence Bruins were in Binghamton, New York, to play the Senators, and walked away with a four to two victory. Uh, and Malcolm Subban finally got his first win of the 2016-17 AHL season with a spectacular, I mean spectacular, um, showing. And he stopped 38 of 40 shots, and it, it was good to see him play like that and get the win. Now, the next night, I, I you know... The guy saw 40 shots. I thought for sure yeah. the next day on Saturday when they played the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins that Dan Vladar, who has been up from the East Coast Hockey League Atlanta Gladiators because of the um, injury to Anton Hudobin, um, would get the start. But uh, Providence Bruins coach Kevin Dean went with Subban again. Now... Wilkes-Barre Scranton is an unbelievable team in the AHL, and they have been for a while. And they are the division leaders, and um, they lost. They lost three to one. Uh, two, okay. 
I believe one of the goal was an empty net. No, it wasn't. Um, yeah, I think it was. But anyway, um, Subban, I thought, played okay. The guys in front of him, I, I, they were just terrible. Yeah. I wasn't impressed at all, but they lost 3-1. to one. Um, A lot of stupid penalties. Yeah. And that's and that, like they always get you in trouble, no matter what league you're in. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like I've been saying in the past, it's we've lost the core of the the AHL team to the Bruins. I mean, you've lost Kolchev, you've lost Griffith. You, they're two main guys, like on your forward lines, and then the defense has never been amazing down there. I mean, you got guys like Tommy Cross is still there, and I mean, you've got some new faces in there that are doing well. But I think next, I think this season's good, but next season's going to be a lot better, where you get some of the younger players in, and they get to shine at the AHL level. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast Channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Because there's quite a few coming through next year from the uh, Canadian juniors, so yep. But it it's just the team seems to be built for grit and not a lot of scoring. Yeah, so, I, I have to agree with that. Yeah, but, but a, a couple of players that have been doing good down in Providence so far. Um, Danton Heinen is a uh, is doing a positive. He had a goal. And yesterday's loss, um, sorry, Saturday's loss to Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. Um, Peter Kloharik is still playing very well. Uh, but there's this this guy, there's this guy, Jordan Swartz. And he yeah. was he was a, a, a an Arizona Coyotes draft pick and, and played in the AHL a lot. So he's like a journeyman. Yeah. But he came into camp on a PTO and won a contract. I mean, I mean, he literally played very well to get a contract, and I believe he signed a an AHL one-year AHL deal a week a week ago, I believe. Yeah. And the the kid is on fire. He's 25 years old. Uh, he's right wing. He shoots right, and he's got. Five goals, five assists, and ten points in thirteen games, and is currently on a oh well the loss to Wilkes-Barre Scranton ended a a five game point streak. So that's that I mean kid, that's a kid that wants a contract at the end of the year. Sure, yeah, and and, and the way he's playing right now, I'd give it to him. Yeah, I'd give him a two way right. I'm, <laughs> Let it give him a chance to play in the big leagues if he if he needs it. Even that, I mean, even that, this would be a good player to keep on 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 the on the back burner for yeah, when for I mean, when Zach Senishin's ready to kind of fit his way into the Bruins system, you know. And this might be a player that challenges a player like that. Yeah, definitely. Because so, you've got to have competition out in them lines. It you can't build this team next year with all the rookies that we have because it'll never go anywhere you you got to have competition from outside of the team you have to have competition from the guys that are already in the team 
I mean, you can't just tear something down and build it up with kids and go, yeah, it's all going to be good. Right. So, I mean, guys like guys like this guy and guys like Hargrove and Bleed and they've got to be playing for their spots next season. So, you you've got to they've got to go out there and get stuff done. And I know there's there, there are are fans out there that listen to this podcast that love hearing about the AHL and everything but there's also fans out there that seem not to care about the AHL I don't know why with it being connected with the Bruins but this like hearing that they're having a bad slump and hearing the players aren't doing as well as people thought they would do is kind of drastic when you think of this the situation that the Bruins are in where we've got older players the defensive core needs fixing and when you look down in Providence there's not much there really when you're looking for NHL ready defensemen so this season should be about building up with the guys that do well letting the guys that are on one year contracts that aren't doing so well go fill their spots with kids mm -hmm. that's how it needs to be re rebuilt Agreed. So, yeah cause the, uh, the prospect the prospect system in the AHL definitely needs a revamp, and and when you acquire right. players like Jesse Gabriel and and, and um, Jeremy Lawson to the defensive core, uh, yeah, it's and Jakob Zborl, where he's gonna fit, yeah. and so. And if you're thinking about that, that's two left-handed defensemen that have to fit on that team at some point next season, right? Well, if they don't make the NHL roster, which I no, might happen, but I doubt it. Right. I, I but, mean, it's it's too early to 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 say at this yeah. point, but they will. It's they one will, of them. They'll battle for a place. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll they'll play a role in the organization somewhere and and be an yeah. effective player. But but they need they need playing time kids like this need playing time sure if they're do. just going to be if they're going to be scratches down in providence what's the point and that's why i but, like that's why i like leagues like the ahl is because there's a um there's a wide variety of ages and and, yeah. and and player sizes now when you play in the ncaa or canadian juniors you're generally playing against players that are pretty much around your age yeah. i know the canadian juniors is a little is a little you know from 15 to, to 20 yeah. but more or less you're playing with people of, of your own age and then when you jump into the higher the, like the semi-pro minor minor levels you, you know you, yeah. you get your veterans it's, you get your rookies you get you know yeah. you guys that have been around three or four years so 18 to what 40 40 <laughs> yeah exactly right. i mean there could be any age there so it it's good to see that as well because there's it's a different kind of game as well. When you watch the Canadian juniors, you have games where there's not as many hits and it's not as physical and you kind of like, well, yeah, these guys could do that at the NHL level if no one hit. But you know what I mean. You see them highlight, highlight real goals where a guy just makes his way through three players and no one really puts a shoulder in. They all try and go with the stick. And you're like, yeah, but you put a guy like Chara in front of him, watch him try and go through. Right. It's not going to happen like that because he's just going to dip his shoulder. So when they get to the AHL level and you have those guys, like you have 
on every team in the AHL. I can guarantee on every team you have that one defenseman who all he likes to do is hit. And it's good to see them kids get hit Mm because you think, right, they're going to learn from this. Yeah. They're going to learn from getting steamrolled, from trying to be cocky and trying to take it on their own. So it's good to see. And sometimes the AHL games are a hundred times more exciting than the NHL ones. So... I, I remember uh, last year I was listening to a podcast at work, and, or it was either a podcast or I read an article, but I know it was last year, that a general manager actually said, and I, I, can't, I can't remember which one he said, but he said, I, I don't mind sending new players down to the East Coast Hockey League. That's a rough league to start off. It's, it's, yeah. the, it's the lowest league of professional. It's the, it's the double A and... They said, you know, let go down there and learn. Learn to be physical. Learn to stand up for yourself and so on, and then rise through. And, you know, yeah. that's not a very bad idea, but it's also not a great idea to bring a player down there because what if he get hurt? Yeah. You know, you can and also get career-ending injuries that way too. Yeah. It, it's good for them to go down there, though, because, I mean, you're out of the spotlight then. Right. I mean, we we've seen it with a few teams where players have gone down there and then they get called straight up to the NHL and people go, who's that guy? I've never never seen him before. But, I mean, it's good. I I like the physical side of it. I like seeing these kids learn from stuff like that. I mean, you've seen guys like Heinen get bounced around in the NHL. And now that he's gone back down to the AHL, you can see his game starting to change a bit. And he's starting to learn more of the physical side of the game so it, it's going to be good to see these guys progress and see like with David Pasternak how much muscle did he put on over the off season oh my god because <clears throat> he knew he was getting injured and he was getting bumped and bruised from physical play so he's put muscle on he's a lot bigger and he can take guys like Dan Girardi out so yeah. it's always good <laughs> yeah. he's a force on the ice and Oh, yeah. I mean, I could spend this whole podcast just talking about David Pasternak, but that should be the next episode, the Pasternak. Well, we'll do that at eighty-eight. Just one whole episode about David Pasternak. You know, you know how much it killed me to name this one the Don Sweeney episode. Oh, I know. Like when you said it at the beginning, I nearly started laughing, but then I realized that, like, I hadn't been introduced yet. I didn't want to laugh over the topic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it, there wasn't a lot of good 32s. There was, I, I, what I like to do when I when I name episodes, I like to, I think I mentioned this the last time, but I like to uh, get players that have been on the team for, a, you know, more than a year. Yeah. And a lot of these guys that were particularly wearing 32 were only on the Bruins for a year. And Don Sweeney had a, had a you know, in 1980 to 2003, whatever. Yeah. And, and uh, 1988, 88, uh, something like that. So I was like, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do that. Yeah. Donny Brook. It did hurt. Donny Brook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I just, I wanted to laugh so much. <laughs> I just know how much you dislike it. Uh, you know, it's, as a person. Yeah, I, I, I respected him as a player. I, I, you know what I mean? Right. I thought he was a decent defenseman. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, a, a player that put up a ton of points, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't no Ray Bork. How's that? But he, yeah. compl- he complimented the, the defensive core back in the day very well, and I, I'm mad respect for that. I just, 
I, you know, it's it's decisions. It's you know, I'm a fan. I, I I'm a the Ronaldo trade. It's just coming yeah. back to haunt you every day. Yeah, and there's a, there's a, there's a couple other ones that you know that you kind of you know. Ugh. Oh, but, don't please don't say the Riley Smith one, please. Was that his? I, I was that his it. trade? I don't know if that was his no, trade. No, no, but no, but he was involved in it. I think. Right. Right. Because he's been involved with everything since the Sagan deal I think yeah so I mean yeah I'm not even going to get started on that trade because I've, I've ripped about 20 people apart over Facebook about that trade <laughs> so yeah I'm not even going to start so uh, just to uh, get a couple Canadian prospects uh, I'm, I'm going to cheat and I it's because <clears throat> I can do it it's Monday and, <laughs> Um, I'm going to actually take something from uh, Sean Hathaway, and he writes for the uh, SB Nation Stanley Cup of Chowder, and they do their uh, weekly prospects, three stars of the week. So I'm just going to read off of, off of what he wrote. Um, the third star of the week uh, last week played in two games, and he got th- three points. Uh, Charlie McAvoy got his first goal on Friday night, which was uh, very good for him. He had six assists prior uh, in the season, so it's good to see him get on the board. And the second star of the week uh, from the Prince George Cougars of the WHL, uh, Jesse Gabriel continues to, to be a point producer every weekend. Uh, he played two games, had two goals and an assist. And your first star, drum roll please. All right, that's it. See, good cue. I tried. Good cue. <laughs> Was uh, the first round pick of your 2015 Boston Bruins defensive defenseman Jakob Sporl, who played in two games last week and had two goals and an assist. That's good to see Zaboro putting points up. I've watched a couple of his games this year, and and he's 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 on the trend of being a more of a point producer. And it's weird because I've been since I since he got drafted, and I started really paying attention to him. And I also read what other people have wrote, like uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League writers. They all say that he's like this. One year he'll produce points. The next year, it's weird. He works on something and doesn't produce, but he does different things with his game. So yeah, well, I know, I know from watching behind the B and watching different clips of around the Bruins and everything. He he was told when he was drafted they wanted him to work on his defensive side of his game because his his offensive upside was natural and it was there and they knew what he had that way but I know he was told to work on his defensive side of the game and I know at the beginning of last season his coaches were saying that his points were suffering because he was trying too hard on the back end so I'm not surprised that his points are going back up I mean this from watching highlights and game tape and stuff when he was drafted you could see that he's more of that two-way guy and he likes to step down the wall when he can. And I mean, he's, he's a good defenseman, but it's just 
like we always say about him, it's his inconsistencies that worry me. Mm -hmm. And it's about what mood he's in, because he seems to be one of them players that can like change moods game to game and want to play a different style or take a bad penalty or something like that. So, I mean, he's he's definitely one to watch, though, with the Bruins organization. I really think he is. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that for prospects and so on. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to uh, touch on this um, a while ago, but I just I, I always forget, and it, it seems now that we have some time, it seems like we got, you know, I got I got I to gotta talk about it. When it comes down to goaltenders um, and the, the sizes of their equipment, yeah. uh, it, it, it's just a tough time to, to bring up this conversation. And I know it's been going on for a year now, but goal scoring is above average this year to start the year. Yeah. And I know it's only, you know, 20-somewhat games, whatever, in that range. Yeah. But... Where do you go from there? I mean, I mean, do you do you take this year and where their numbers are and say, well, let's revise this some other time, or do they just? I don't care. We got to do something. To Is be it, honest, I, I think the whole idea should just be scrapped. Because, like, like people have said, and former NHL goalies that aren't afraid to talk out because they're scared they're gonna get like something said to them you can't change the size of the net because that changes up the whole game you're going to ruin the integrity of the game yeah <clears throat> goalies get used to their angles so when you're when you're blocking your pole side and you change the side of the net the guy's not blocking the pole side anymore and there's so much open room so you have to change the entire way you've been taught since you were younger so you can't change the side of the net that's out of the question so then they go to the equipment can you change the size of the equipment you can but then you risk more injuries to your goaltenders but my my point is in this whole conversation and i you know i'm i you play goal now i'm a former goaltender and my thing is is like i get into conversations with a bunch of people about this and you know the 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 80s and 90s i'm going to use as a you know as a you know, a stepping stool. Those, yeah. those, those years, you got a lot of goals. There, was, it was not unlike to see a, a, an eight to seven game. Yeah. But now the goaltenders of today, I feel like they 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 are suffering because they've gotten better. So the goaltending gets better, and now you wanna you wanna decrease and do all this crap to to make scoring more. I, I like I, I like I think, games like this. Yeah, I think a lower scoring game is more exciting than a team scoring seven goals and the yeah. other team scoring like what? Because you know the game's over after the first period. But to me, like you like what you're saying, it tells you that your goalie's doing good, but yeah. your, your defense is also helping out. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I might see this differently, and we might we might be biased because we're both goaltenders, but I I just I. 
I don't get it sometimes. I, it, it's almost like you're at your job, right? And you're doing a great job for 10 years, and all of a sudden you get demoted. And, yeah, you, ask, and right. you ask why. And it's like, oh, because you're not giving up that many goals. <laughs> I just, yeah, you, I, you're not. <laughs> you, you're doing too consistent. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, really. Now we're gonna now we're gonna you know slap you on the hand and and decrease yeah. your your ability to to stop a 100 mile an hour slap shot. Yeah, you're making other people look bad. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. I, but, mean, I I love hockey. I love the NHL, and I yeah. love you know it just sometimes the 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 politics just gets too. Well, I I said this when they brought in the whole like being able to question a call and all that stuff. You. Like with that, I said it'll slow down the game, and it did. And now you see players like standing around for ten minutes waiting, and they're getting pissed off. And there's probably more fights now than there was before the whole video recall thing, because guys are standing around swearing at each other and calling people out. But when you go back to the whole goaltending thing, I saw a video, and the guy was explaining. So what do you do? Do you shrink the size of the pads? but keep them as protective as they are but then that restricts movement because if you've got to make something smaller but still as strong it's going to restrict movement because it's got to be tougher so then do you take padding away and make it smaller but still the same movement but then risk injury yeah it's a safety issue yeah but you can't do that because then there'll be all types of lawsuits over things and I know for a fact that they're not allowed to send out equipment that isn't safe for risk of a lawsuit. So if you send out, say they, they say, oh, you, you have to take some of the padding out of them pads. Well, you've not got Shea Weber shooting a 105 mile an hour slap shot at you every night. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to take that shot with smaller pads. I wouldn't want to take that shot with my pads. Never mind about smaller pads. But that's the thing, like... Back in the 80s, goal scoring was high because people got better and the sticks changed. And when the sticks changed, the shots got harder. Mm-hmm. And there's guys out there that can rip it. And Look at look at what happened to Subban off a little wrist shot. Like, do you make the pad smaller and then let someone take a shot 100 and something mile an hour and just kill someone? Right. Because you're either going to end someone's career... Or you're gonna kill someone. So I, I think they should just leave it. It's just, it's a stupid idea to try and make them more money by making the game more excited. You should, you should be trying to make the game better for the fans that are already here by keeping it how it is, than trying to go out and get new fans from different sports. And another thing I wanted to talk about, and it's, it's not Bruins related, and it's, it's good that we we have some extra time to talk about some league news but you know many might many might have heard of this um about the uh the Barclays Center and the New York Islanders home team home oh, home arena yeah. <laughs> you know you talk about lawsuits okay yep. about goaltending equipment and blah 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 this right well here's my thing where was the league in the construction of that rink yeah now, you would think that there'd be some kind of approval committee that goes in and sees the lines that are going in for the cooling systems and says, that's not going to work. That's not league yeah. standards. Don't put that's it in. That's not the code. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I think the Barclays moving moving the Islanders to the Barclays Center was the biggest mistake because of the fact is that the rink was not made for hockey. It was made for yeah. basketball first. Hockey came in, so the floor had to be all kinds of redone. It was basically a yeah. floating floor with PVC yeah. pipe. And I, I, my friend John McLaughlin that I, I have a couple beers with, and he works uh, for uh, Merrimack uh, College. He's, uh, he's an ice guy there and Zamboni driver, and he does a lot of stuff over there. We, we had a conversation about this, and it's absolutely right. PVC doesn't hold rank temperature properly, not like yeah. metal or, or um, uh, copper lines. So when you talk about lawsuits, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, and thank God that the Bruins don't play there until, I believe, it's March. Yeah. And, but well, what, you know, what if a Bruins player, like, hurts himself? He, technically, that player could sue that arena. Yeah, if it's down to their ice being bad. Yeah. I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Well, there was an investigation oh. about it, and that was like a week ago. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything else. Like I, I have to look back into it, but it's. Well, just... I know. I saw an article on it saying that the Islanders are allowed to leave next season if they want to. Right. Like, or, not or the season after. The, yeah, they're not tied to the contract that they have now because it's not up to the standard that they said it was going to be. But by that time, I mean. This, this just... off-season, it'll get ripped out and rebuilt. Right. If they stay in there, I mean, it'll get ripped out and rebuilt because it's basically going to be pennies for them to rip that out, rebuild it, and keep a team there than it is to lose the Islanders. I, I don't know why I feel like this, and I, and I hate it. I hate it. <clears throat> but I just get this awful feeling that this is all leading to a team moving to Quebec City. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm gonna call it right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a post-it and put it on my refrigerator, <laughs> and I'm gonna say I, that within a year or two, the Islanders will be the new Quebec City team. Well, I'm gonna call it now that the the schedule to leave and it goes to that whole committee and who's gonna get it again and blah 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 and I bet it looks like it's gonna be Seattle until the last minute and then Quebec gets it Ooh, see I like Seattle I, I've, see, never, I I've never been to I... Seattle I just you know it, I respect Quebec my thing is it, it was there once and it didn't work for some unknown reason which I don't want to get into but I'm not I'm not really educated about it but I know Seattle Seattle's got hockey heritage yeah you know there was there was hockey back professional hockey back in the day that played there in the early 1920s and they have a Stanley Cup and they all they have a lot they have a, a good hockey market with the WHL well, they have a good, teams yeah they have a good sports market as well they need so. basketball if they can commit to basketball, a basketball team to go in on and play in the arena, Seattle will have hockey. But right now, yeah. there's no plans of any team relocating or expanding. Yeah. So. Well. Yeah, it's one of them. Never know what's going to happen, but I doubt it will. All right. Well, we've reached our hour. 
Unless you got something else you want to bring up. No, I, I think I'm I'm all good for this episode. I think it's going to be a fun week this week with the, just the two games. Yep. I think we'll have a lot more to talk about around the league with it only being two games for the Bruins. So I think this should be a new thing as well. We'll, we'll get our points across about league things that are happening. And... Yeah, I mean, that, that can actually get brought I, I I wish I had my iTunes up right now, but that got brought up by one of our awesome feedback um, fans. They came back and said, you know, could you add a little league news, you know? We might just have to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if we can't do it every week, we'll attempt to do it at least every couple of weeks and get through quite a bit of what's been going on. Yep, I agree. Well, it's all good. As always... um, Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, please comment and rate us on iTunes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BlackAndGold277. You can find Rob at Rob40Bruins. And um, thank you very much for another solid week, sir. Yeah, you too, buddy. All right. Go get some sleep. No, don't worry. I will do. <laughs> if, if nobody knows, Rob's five hours ahead, three thousand miles. So it's yeah. A, so it know. is. It is twenty to nine at night. I am ready to go and sleep and get back to work. So, but he's a trooper. It's all good. He does this oh, for any, you guys. Anything for the Bruins. Right. Anything for the fans of the show. Anything for you. So that's right. It's all good. That's right. We'll get it done. All right, big guy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, and uh, thank you very much again for listening. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.